Praise God. Boy, what a great worship set. Thank you guys so much for that. Beautiful. Thanks, parents, for bringing those kids. There's a ton of, uh, would have made Mary and Joseph proud. <laughs> I want to talk with you today on the subject, The Way to Bethlehem. And it's going to be a three-part series, part two on Christmas Eve and, and part three the, the uh, day after, after Christmas, okay? It's okay if we do a little retroactive at that point, won't it be? Yeah, it will be. Well, in this, um, this, this series, the I Am Statements of Jesus, there's seven of them in John's Gospel. And uh, just remind you, I talked about um, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and I am the light of the world. Jeremiah talked about Jesus saying, I am the vine, I am the door. And David talked about I am, uh, Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, and I am the resurrection of life. And today, we're going to talk about Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Way, truth, and life. Three ways of saying the same thing. I am the way. It's a Greek word, hados. It's used in the Old Testament, ex hados, for exodus. Uh, it's a Greek word for the second book of the Bible, ex, the way out. It's, it's uh, basically, in Greek, it's a word for road. And um, the Christians in uh, the book of Acts, four or five times or more, it's re- referred to as the way. And it's the road. Jesus is saying, I am, I am the road. Make me the road of your life and never stray from the road. I am the truth. Truth is no longer propositional and, and philosophical. Truth is now a person, and I am the life. When you bump into me, you bump into eternal resurrection, joyful, peaceful, blissful, euphoric, resurrection Jesus life. That's what you do when you bump into life that, and start experiencing the life that is, that is truly life. And um, today, my first talking point is the way to Bethlehem, the way to Experiencing God, the way to experiencing heaven, it's a different way. It's, it's a different way than any other way that people try to approach God. In fact, it is so different. It's so different. It's so natural to humanity to do something in order to achieve favor with God. It's, a, it's so inherently, it feels appropriate and right that we've got to do something to placate God or to earn his smile or to, to earn heaven. And um, the fact that the gospel, the Christian gospel says, hey, it's not that. I, I came as a baby to be your savior, to die on the cross for you, and I'm offering it to you as a free gift. It's so crazy different that it, it smacks of reality just in its very essence of what it is. I remember my friend, Steve Zimmerman, when I first came to Christ, just a few months old in Christ, I uh, had a radical transformation. Life changed completely, immediately. My friend Steve Zimmerman, he wanted to be a pastor, so he went to college, he went to seminary, and became a pastor, and he decided, you know what, that's not, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I've got a different calling on my life. And he ended up actually being a, a kingdom Christian businessman, becoming a multimillionaire, and spends all of his time right now flying around in helicopters and giving away money. 
<laughs> Christmas every day. Anyway, I'll never forget Steve Zimmerman uh, returning a book, I think it was, to my pastor, uh, John Lancaster at the time, and saying, and my pastor said to him at the door, he said, wow, I hope this wasn't out of your way. And I remember uh, hearing Steve Zimmerman being quoted as saying, brother, this whole trip is out of my way. <laughs> this whole trip is out of my way. And you know, this, there, the Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man. And the way, my friends, that seems right is not the way of sin. Sin doesn't seem right to anybody. The way that seems right is the way of uh, this do and thou shalt live. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Every other religion, if you were to do a, um, a YouTube search and, and look at some of the short YouTube, uh, YouTubes on, uh, um, on religions, you would see that every single one of the major religions, Buddhism has, it, has its middle way, but it has to do with doing, doing and, and behaving a certain way. It's, it's, it's in its essence what it is. Hindu has to do with, boy, I can hope I can come back at a reincarnation because I did so well in this life with karma. I'll come back as a, you know, uh, hopefully I won't come back as a beetle, you know, a beetle bug. I'll come back as a higher level of creature, you know. It has to do with doing, though. Of course, the Jewish religion has to do with obeying the law. And, um, and um, Muslim Islam has to do with submission. It's, a, it's a, a trying to achieve submission uh, constantly, but it has to do with submitting in a way, maybe I'll submit good enough, maybe I'll be able to avoid God's wrath, and maybe I'll be able to make it to, make it to heaven. And I even noticed in a YouTube that I watched recently that they said the Christian way to, to, uh, to please God and to make it to heaven is to love people. I thought, oh man, there's, you're totally missing it here. <laughs> We aren't accessing God by our love. Love is a fruit, of a wonderful fringe benefit, a, uh, a, a, uh, something that happens as a result of having that Jesus connection, receiving that gift. But it's not, it doesn't earn points with God. We have a whole different way. It's a different road, this Jesus road. And, and some of you are thinking, well, you know, I know I am fully free. I know I have received Jesus as a free gift. I know I've received salvation as a free gift. So you're sort of preaching to the choir here. But I want to ask you a question. Maybe you have a full confidence, a full certainty that you're going to heaven because of, because of the free gift. But I want to ask you this. How about the acceptance factor? Do you feel fully accepted by God? Or do you feel like you've got to add to the gospel somehow for you to be? You know, the Bible says that, that God has made us accepted in the beloved. God is the one that's done it. Done it. And there's that within us that even after we, we, we receive Christ and have that regeneration, that born-again experience that we want to add, there's something within us that fears, like maybe it's, I can't let go. I can't let go of this law principle. I've got to do something else. I remember being into uh, the Jesus experience for a couple of years. And I remember the very place, Safeway store, grocery store in Orchards, Washington. I remember the very moment when I walked in the door of that store and I stood for a moment and it hit me. The question hit me. I hadn't witnessed for a while and I wondered if God was angry with me because I hadn't witnessed for a while. I wondered if somehow, 
And it dawned on me. God spoke to me as clear as I'm speaking to you right now. God spoke to me and said, Dan, you're preaching grace to others, but you don't believe it for yourself. And I had a breakthrough that day. And there's going to be some people here that today is your breakthrough day. Not just for assurance, full assurance to, as a springboard for a life of joy, but a freedom and abandoning yourself to his grace and favor and love that liberates you into serving him out of, out of joy and celebration as opposed to out of trying to earn something from him and just sort of hedge your bet to make sure that, you know, you're putting your two bits in to, to receive, from, receive his, uh, his grace. Well, let's read the scripture. We're going to refer to the, the Christmas story a few times, but I want to start with the passage and the context for Jesus saying, I am, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I remind you, he uses the word in Greek, ego eimi. I myself am the way, the truth, and life. It's an odd statement. It's not used normally in, in Greek literature of the first century. But it is the same word, I remind you, that in the, in the uh, Greek um, translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, written a couple of centuries before Christ, uh, Moses says to God, who shall I say sent me to deliver your people out of Egypt? And God says, tell them, ego eimi sent you. I myself am the one who sent you. And that I am that I am. I am the transcendent one. Jesus uses that same word to describe I am the way. And all these different, I hope that if you ever want to have a refreshing of what Jesus is like in his personality, that you listen to our sermons on the seven I am, the ego me statements of Jesus, because they express the beauty of Jesus' personality in a way that's stunning, gripping, and so attractive. He's so beautiful, isn't he? Simon Peter said to him, Lord... Where are you going? This is after the Last Supper. Their uh, turbulent words are being spoken, upsetting words. There's an insecurity in the disciples' hearts about what is he talking about? Why are we even here when they're trying to kill him here in Jerusalem? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I, I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. What's he saying there? He's, saying, I, he's not saying I'm going to obey the Ten Commandments to earn favor with God, but he's saying I'm going to lay down my life for you so I can prove that I am worthy. This do and thou shalt live is, is where this is motivated from. I will lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, The rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Mm. Prophesied failure when you try to do religion yourself for acceptance with God. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. 
And this is an important, real important line. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. He's telling the disciples, it is true you already have childlike faith. I've gifted you through the Holy Spirit with an anointing, a gifting of faith. You know you're going to heaven, and you know I'm the way. Jesus is saying that. Do you believe Jesus knows what he's talking about with reference to the disciples and with reference to you? I submit to you that no matter how you're bomb, you know, hit and bombasted and blasted with doubts or difficulties or questions in the course of your life journey, that there is deep within you an anointing of childlike faith that Jesus has gifted you. And Jesus is saying to you, you know where you're going and you know the way. It's been imparted to you, it's yours. And the invitation to the disciples here and to us is to default to that, no matter whatever else might be happening in our lives, to default to that and know with absolute certainty we have the security with Jesus Christ. Thomas said to him, Thomas, being doubting Thomas, is uh, believing his doubts and not his beliefs. And the call of Jesus is to believe our beliefs and doubt our doubts. When we have doubts, to say to yourself, well, I doubt that's true. (laughs) Doubt your doubts, believe your beliefs. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Peter's way to God and, and to heaven was typically Jewish, and Jesus shatters that idea. And the Apostle Paul puts it this way. Put up Romans uh, 10, verse 4. For Jesus Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. You want to be righteous? It's not by trying to obey any of the major religion's laws or ways or even because you feel like if you witness as to sort of add to the gospel to be accepted by God or to do this or to do that. There's a real freedom in, a, in abandoning ourselves fully to the wonder of his 100% grace and goodness to us. Rewind 30 years, the Jewish shepherds' revelation. They were being good Jews? Yes, they were. It wasn't that because they were good Jews that they got the revelation of the angels. It was because of God's sheer grace that that happened. But you'll remember that when the angels manifested, it says what? They were what? They were, they were afraid. They were terrified. They were terrified. Now, if you can imagine the phenomenon of actually not just discerning an angelic presence, but actually seeing with your eyes a manifestation of angels and the, and the angel and the glory of God. Can you imagine that? I want to submit to you that it wasn't just the phenomena that they were afraid of. That when God manifests in his glory, there's a holiness presence that rips away any hope, any fig leaf, if you will, of covering for us. We are totally undone in in his holiness and stand guilty before him. Think of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. When the glory of the Lord manifested him, I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. That was his response. Think of at the resurrection when the, 
when the uh, soldiers saw the manifestations of the angels sitting on the tomb of Jesus and they rolled back the stone and uh, the glory of God was present, what did they do? They were so terrified, they froze. They were paralyzed. They couldn't move. They were petrified because they were undone because of the glory of God. And I think it's significant that when the angel, first thing the angel said to them was what? Fear not. You, because of what's about to happen, fear not, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. This feeling of terror you feel, it's hereby banished because unto you is born. Can you hear those words of the angels to yourself? Unto you, for you to own, unto you is born a Savior that banishes all anxiety, all fear. Fear of the future, fear of anything that's happened, anxiety about anything that's happened in the past, fear of vanishing, the fear of hell, anxiety about hell, anxiety about the devil, anxiety about future circumstances or present circumstances, anxiety about your own relationship with God. Hear the voice of God in the angel's voice. Fear not, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. He's yours. He's, everybody say, he's mine. He's mine. Jesus, Jesus is mine. Charles Schultz, remember uh, Mike Johnson, was part of our church for years, went to heaven a few years ago, World War II vet. He told me one time that Charles Schultz, the, the cartoonist, Peanuts, uh, Charlie Brown cartoonist, was in his class at school. And he rode, they rode the bus together. And Charles, as a, as a kid, was quiet, kind of an introvert. And on the bus was always just drawing pictures of his cartoon characters, just doing different things, just it was in him. And you know, he became famous and... He was asked by the TV producers to produce a Charlie Brown Christmas special. And would you please sort of minimize the religious aspect and just focus on the fun of children and Christmas and Santa Claus and that. He said, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And they said, okay, fine, go ahead. And so he has the gospel in his Christmas special. And there's something really significant that happens when, you know how Linus is always holding his blanket for security? There's two occasions in the Christmas special, only two, where he drops the blanket. And the first one is the most significant, profoundly significant. He drops his security when the angel says, fear not. I want this to speak to you as it speaks to me. That whatever we're hanging on to, anxiety about the past, the future, any fear we might have about anything, if we could just let it go and abandon ourselves to the angel's words, fear not. This is a no anxiety zone. I bring you banishing 
anxiety words, banishing fear words, unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Take it. Abandon yourself to it. It is the supreme promise of the universe. Let it liberate you. He appeared and the soul felt its worth. This is John Stott, British theologian. Our confidence is not in our love for him, which is frail, fickle, and faltering, but in his love for us, which is steadfast, faithful, and persevering. And lest anyone say to themselves or to me in your heart, well, that's just cheap grace. You're saying people can just receive a free gift and get acceptance and just send their life away. I want to ask you if that's what happened to the shepherds. When they were liberated from law into the freedom of sheer undeserved favor, when they were liberated into the Savior's presence, were they commanded to go to Bethlehem? Was there any command there? Read it. It was a spontaneous reaction not in response to any directive from God. He doesn't mix any law with his grace. But when we get a hold of grace, we're so stunned, we're so blessed, our full humanity, all we are in our deepest essence has meaning. Our whole life now has meaning. And so what do we do with that? We run to Bethlehem to worship the king. And then we, we find ourselves not being able, like the shepherds, to keep still about it. Just telling everybody everywhere. There's a spontaneous, however we express that, with words or deeds. We just live out our whole life uh, out of a life of mesmerized, stunned, personalized joy that has so rocked us we can do nothing else but live out a life of worship and ministry to the world in the anointing of the spirit with a joy unspeakable and full of glory that we that we carry yes the way to Bethlehem is a very very different way I need a Issue. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you. Thankfully, this will be edited out. <laughs> the way to Bethlehem is a different way. I want to get started on the second point, which I'll pick up on Christmas Eve. Hope you can come to that. The way to Bethlehem is a different way, and the way to Bethlehem is a bumpy way. 
it's, it's a trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem is the same distance from, approximate same distance as from Medford to Rosenberg. Only you're riding a donkey. And it was a bumpy way. Would you agree that it had already been a bit bumpy for Joseph? You're kidding me. That's the best you can come up with, that you're pregnant and God is the father? <laughs> Your voice has a ring of authenticity, so I think you really believe that, which means you have basically lost it and all that's involved in that. I think it's significant that God didn't give Joseph the dream before he was told about Mary. He wasn't being mean to Joseph. He just knows that he doesn't send the troubles, the, the tests. They're just part of life, and they produce something in us that's beautiful. But he doesn't send them. He just gets something good out of it for us. And sometimes he doesn't stop it from happening. He doesn't seem to be as interested as in... He seems way more, more interested in comforting us than in us being comfortable. So, our vacation, Brendan and I, as you know, I went to Dominican Republic, and part of it was smooth sailing. There's a picture. Parasailing. Nothing went wrong, thankfully. Happy times. How come it's tilted my direction? But some of it was bumpy. Here's a picture of us riding our horses. I think I mentioned to you that I grew up with horses, and my preference is to gallop because it's so smooth. Or, or walk. But please, please, let's not trot. <laughs> and yet that is the pace we went for over an hour, trotting. Very turbulent. But life is like that. As I remember that, I thought to myself, boy, I hope something good comes out of this somehow. I'm just glad Brenda got a chance to ride a horse. I've been wanting to ride a horse forever. But uh, I mentioned that my horse's name was Wonder, so that was a good blessing. But also, I got a good sermon illustration out of it, didn't I? <laughs> that was something else that was good. The way to Bethlehem is a, is a bumpy way. And I'm going to uh, pick up again with John 14, verse 6. Fast forward 30 years, Jesus and the disciples, right before Jesus goes to the cross, and continue. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. I love it that Jesus had referred to them as, you, you, know, you know the way, you know where I'm going, that's a fact. And they said, well, we're not sure that's true. And Jesus said, it is true. It, I put it in you, I gave you that gift, it's there. But now, in the midst of their upsetness and doubts, he says it again, he says, from now on, from now on, you know him and have seen him. Jesus speaks to them and says, from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Jesus 
in the midst of whatever doubts, whatever trials, whatever turbulent thing in your life you may be facing, Jesus is intervening, intervening, shepherding you and saying these words to you, I'm not leaving you alone. Sometimes when we're facing the most difficult of situations, it feels like that's when God is the farthest away. But in fact, that's when he's the closest. And he's speaking into our lives and saying, I'm with you, I'm helping you, I'm pulling you out of this. It's all going to be okay. Bumpy road, though. I'm going to talk some more about the bumpy way, but I'm going to leave you with a being a sheep among sheep with reference to God and Jesus, our good shepherd. Here's a good illustration of what our lives can be like. Jesus rescues us, but... Let's stand up. Let's stand up. a different way but it's a bumpy way it's normal for life to get bumpy all right we're going to have a worship song together adore the lord one more time but i want to give you a chance if we can have heads bowed and eyes closed here in the auditorium and you at home you respond to jesus just the bible says whoever calls on jesus will be saved he's will be saved He's knocking on the door of our hearts. Jesus himself says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I'll come in and have fellowship with him and he with me. If you're here today in the auditorium or watching at home and you want to get your life started with Jesus, just call on him. Say, Jesus, I call upon you to save me right now. And then just be sure and tell someone they'll help that you respect in Christ. They'll disciple you to ever-increasing levels of joy in him but close your eyes for just a moment i'm going to give you a chance i'm going to look to my left if you could just look up and catch my eye if you are responding to jesus for the first time and saying i'm starting my life with him i'll misunderstand if you look up for any other reason i'm looking at my to my left right now anyone how about the middle section my left middle section anybody open open your eyes catch my eye if you're responding to christ okay thank you one person there Getting started with Christ. Middle right section for me. Anybody else? Starting with Jesus. Getting liberated from trying to do your best to earn points with God. And you're going to abandon yourself like Linus to the promised gospel. Anyone? Okay, far right. Okay, thank you. So, for the sake of this person that's responding, say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus... I call upon you to save me. Forgive all my sins. Make me born again. I receive your free gift. I turn to you with all my heart. Amen. And uh, you, sir, that responded, be sure and tell someone that you did that today. Tell someone you respect. And they'll disciple you into greater levels of joy in your discipleship with Jesus. Let's worship him before we go. Thank you.
We have an atmosphere of faith for miracles here. You need a miracle, body, soul, or spirit. We'll have some of our elders, if you'd come up now, any of our, any of our pastors or pastor types, come on up here. You know you are. We focus more on, on uh, function than position around here. But if you know that you have a calling to, for spiritual serving in that way, just come on up. And if you have a, have a you'd like to, us to believe God with you for some miracle, healing, or something else will anoint you with oil and we'll believe with you for that today. Wish you a merry, merry Christmas and uh, hope we see you Christmas Eve um, and just know in these days of Christmas, God's with you, he loves you and he's making his message more real to you every day. Amen. <laughs>